What's up, everybody? This is Mind Your Money with Miss Be Helpful, the show that highlights people and stories that will inspire you to get your money right. And today, talking about inspiring you to get your money right, my goodness, the story is like so phenomenal and so inspiring. I have Cindy from Zero Based Budget with me. What's up, Cindy? Hi, I'm excited. Cindy, I was telling everybody that I really was so excited to talk to you because you're one of the first people that, like, when you made a huge change in your life and paid off like hundreds of thousands, thousands of dollars in debt, yeah. you actually like attributed learning about money to me. I was like, oh my goodness, yeah. that's sweet. Like, finally, yeah, gives me recognition. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was well deserved recognition too because before that, I was like, I don't, I don't know what the heck I'm doing with money. <laughs> Seriously, oh my goodness. So, we're, we're going to get into all of that about your debt yeah. journey and about everything that you have been building with Zero Based Budget. But I like to start the show with two questions that are a little bit of like fun because it kind of gives us a sense of what like you what mistakes you made or regrets you have with money and how what yeah. things you're actually proud of about your money still. So kind of okay, you know, touches cool. a little bit on both. Uh, but the first question is, if you could think about um, a purchase that you made that was so expensive and even to this day, you really regret making that purchase or maybe it was a service that you purchased or an experience, but you really regret yeah. it because it was just too much. Um, what would that be? So... I bought a pair of Jimmy Choo flats that were like $500. And like, Ooh. I want to be very clear. I do like designer shoes. Wait, and wait, wait, wait. Flats. And, but we're talking about yes. flats. Not like but these were, flats, like flat shoes that you could wear to work. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. These were, but the problem is that they weren't really functional. So if <laughs> I'm going to buy a pair of expensive flats, they should be a pair of shoes that I could wear to work. Right. Especially because right? flats like, are supposed to be comfortable. Like you're not wearing heels on purpose. You're wearing flats. And they were so uncomfortable. Oh, no. And I, I have tried to sell those freaking flats for like two years now. And I can't sell them because oh. for whatever reason. And I'm just like, at this point, I'm like, I just need to get rid of them. <laughs> like I need to just give them to someone. <laughs> Um, and so that's like a single purchase that I think of that when I still see it in my closet, I like get pissed off. <laughs> so yo, I would, too, yo, I'd be like, listen, Oh my God, those stupid shoes. I would hide them like under the bed. <laughs> I, so, so actually, so I decluttered last weekend and I added that officially to the declutter pile. Cause yes. I'm like, I cannot, I need to close that chapter of my story. <laughs> I need to like just oh get God. rid of like, I, I just, yeah. And it's like, look, I, I enjoy, you know, designer shoes and bags. Like I don't have a ton of it at all, but yeah. I have, you know, a couple items yeah. that I look at and I'm like, okay, like I use these shoes. Yeah. I wear this bag, you know, and to see something that I didn't really use that much just because they weren't comfortable pisses me yeah, off. It could be a pile of money, but it could be a pile of money, but instead, it's yeah. just two there. You know, that's so yeah. funny. It makes me think like maybe the universe, two things. One, like maybe the universe is trying to constantly remind you of that. And like, we're not going to let you forget, girl. That was like, oh, I won't. Or, or, or the universe is like, we're not, you, we don't want you to sell these because you're going to put somebody else through the pain of wearing these terrible, painful <laughs> shoes, girl. Why are you going to put another woman through that? I know. Oh my gosh. I'm like, the thing is that like, they're they're supposed to be comfortable they're flat and it's like and they're like so cute and everything and I'm like I look at them and I'm like I, I just can't I honestly think I wore them maybe three times and all three times like by the end of the day I was just like I mean I'm sure you know what I mean when I say when you take off the shoes and you're like oh, oh, you're just yes. oh my yeah, god it's like taking so. off a faha like uh, everything yeah, just comes exactly. out you exactly what it is so I'm like no I'm, I'm oh man yeah very very much regret that I need to get rid of them then I won't really have them on my list of regrets because I'll be like I've made peace with that 
if there is a small chance that there might be somebody yeah. out there who designs Jimmy Choo shoes, like I need y'all to do better. Let's let's just let's. And just... you know what the thing is that their heels are actually really comfortable because I do that. have I, have, heard I have two pairs of their heels and I can walk in them. Like here in New York City, you know, New York City is not kind to you or your feet. And like I can actually wear them and I I like them. I enjoy them. Um, but the flats for some reason, they got, they got them wrong. <laughs> they got them wrong. I need to get but, that, do that, that shoe, uh, shoe ergonomic, uh, research and get the flats. Yeah, I know. Right. They need to, they need to, they need to do something. Or maybe it was just me. Maybe it was my foot. I don't know. <laughs> we would never know because you're never going to wear them again. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. All right. What about on the flip side or the opposite side of that question? Is there a time that you bought something that was expensive? Maybe somebody else would think you're bugging, you're tripping. Oh my gosh, she spent all that money. She's wilding. But you, you actually are proud of that. But to this day, you're like, I don't regret that. That was worth it for me. Yeah. So the best thing I've ever spent my money on that was extremely expensive is I took my entire family to Spain. That is hands down. Like I would do that again. Wow. No hesitation. I, it was one of the best things I've ever spent my money on. I look back at the memories that we made and like, we still talk about it as a family and it's just hands down one of the best things that I ever spent my money on. That is so dope. Hashtag goals. But you know, yeah. well, eventually at one point, eventually in my life, right now I have eight brothers and sisters plus my mom and dad. That is like, I am not paying for all of them. Plus they have kids and all this. Yeah. That, that's not going to yeah. happen. But maybe you're like, that's a field trip. <laughs> that's literally taking the whole baseball team to Europe. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but no, maybe it's even just like for somebody like me, I could totally see myself doing that with like just my mom and dad. And yeah. like, you know, just cause I've, I've never taken a trip where just me, my mom and dad, first of all, thinking about that, I'm like, Oh, like, Oh, cause my, my mom is very religious. Like all she would want to do the whole time yeah. is pray and go visit churches. And I'll just be like, okay, after the first one, two, well, three, there are tons of churches in Europe. So like she can, she can have at it. Cause it's like every other corner it's, you know, church here, church there. It's like, but like, that's the yeah. thing. My mom is the type of person who would want to go by herself. She want everybody to go to church with her. And it's like, Oh my God. Yeah. yeah fam family trips are always interesting, but thankfully we, we made it work. We did things that like everyone wanted to do. Um, it was actually exactly this time two years ago. Oh, it was wow. around Easter. So we actually got to spend Easter day in La Sagrada Familia in um in uh, Barcelona. So yeah, so it was really really great and something that to this day I'm like I would absolutely spend money on that again. I personally couldn't relate to my friends that were taking trips to you know Puerto Rico just because or to Disney like. We yeah. didn't do that growing up because we couldn't afford to. Yeah. Um, so I really wanted to make sure that we did something as a family that was just, you know, as tourists. And so it was really fun. We went to Barcelona. We went to Zaragoza, which is where my father's grandfather is from. Wow. And we went to Madrid. So, yeah, so it was really fun. And it was great because it was obviously Spain, Spanish, my parents speak Spanish. So my mom was really comfortable. And yeah, it was just a really, really fun trip. Um, cool. we, we had a blast. Yeah, that is so dope. And I could definitely relate to that. Because I remember growing yeah. up, all the kids would be like, Oh, you know, in Disney, this, you know, this or in Orlando, they'll be like, Oh, you know, the other park next to Disney. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't know, none of that. I've never been to that. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> 
been to Six Flags in Jackson, New Jersey, because I took yeah. a, train, the, a bus from, from Port Authority. That yes, was, the bus from Port Authority. That, yep. And then what, when you come back, you're all exhausted on that bus. You're like, yeah, oh yeah, that's that is that's only, my childhood right there. That's the theme park of my like yeah. childhood. That Six Flags yeah. Jersey right there, bam, that's it. And you <laughs> use the Coke cans to make yes. sure that you got like the admission half $20 off or whatever off. oh yeah twenty dollars off oh i love oh, that oh yeah all that um, all the memories <laughs> for real for anybody out there who has not ever heard of cindy or her brand zero based budget cindy go ahead and give them a little bit of an introduction to who you are and what you're about Sure. So I'm the founder of Zero Based Budget Coaching LLC. Um, I live here in New York City, born and raised in the Bronx, uh, currently reside in Harlem. And I have a very typical daughter of immigrants story. My parents are both immigrants from Latin America. My dad is from Honduras and my mom is from Ecuador. Mm -hmm. So they immigrated to this country many years ago. And uh, like most immigrant families, you know, I was raised in a very low income household. And uh, I didn't really know much about money growing up at all. Yeah. So my, I'm, of course, my money star story starts from when I was little. But, you know, the money story that you see as it is on like my social media platforms really starts from when I graduated law school. Mm -hmm. So I graduated law school with over $200,000 of debt. Um, you know, no big deal. <laughs> and I, yeah. And so it was, um, it was a really trying moment for me of figuring out not only who I was as, you know, a brand new attorney, but also who I was with my finances. Yes. How do I pay off this debt? Like, what do I do all about this? You know, I didn't really know much about money management growing up. Yep. So I didn't know the first thing about how should I be approaching my debt? You know, I turned to the internet. That's really what I did. I turned to the internet, like I'm sure many of your listeners have for how do I best manage my money? And there I found many personal finance, you know, gurus, if you will, yeah, including yeah. yourself. Yeah. And I found people that had journeys similar to mine in the sense of, you know, either women, women of color that yeah. were really making strides in their money. And so I wanted to, you know, replicate that with my own story and my own yeah. journey. And so that's really kind of what kicked off my story for me, kicked off even uh, me building my own personal finance brand. And that's, yeah. you know, kind of where I am today. That's awesome. It's so I know it's probably like people's eyes are probably popping out of their head when they hear 200,000, I mean, 215,000 oh, yeah. total. <laughs> But I mean, you guys, like if you pursue a, a career path that is going to yeah. end up leading you to a high earning job, if, for example, medical fields, engineering, um, like Cindy, yeah. law, then, you know, $250,000. Yes, that sounds like a lot. But at the end of the day, you have to understand that you're going to become a high earner. You're going to have a high income so yeah. that you, I mean, obviously you still have to budget. Obviously you still have to do a lot of things, but it is essentially going to be the kind of thing where the more money you make, the more money you can afford to pay off. So it's not necessarily yeah. as scary as somebody like me who freaking had an art history degree, didn't even know what I wanted to do. <laughs> Imagine me with $250,000 when I was making 45, 50K would be very different. So just right. for context, it's obviously. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. exactly. It's it's all relative. But for Cindy, mm -hmm. like she knew she was chasing a high income career. She knew she was going to become a lawyer. And that, you know, obviously is the motivation for you. Probably the light at the end of the tunnel was like, I'm going to be a lawyer. And that, and yeah. that check is going to be very big. That check is going to be very big. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, at that point, I know that I will have to put a plan in place to do this. Um, okay. So, well, you just, you know, you're already talking about your family. So, so let's talk a yeah. little bit about what it was like, like 
did your fa- you said that your family really didn't really talk a lot about money. I usually like to think that people's money mindset generally is rooted in something about the first money lessons that they learned or money yeah. like memories that they have. What was it like in terms of like talking about money? Like, did you, did your parents like talk to you guys about it? They were struggling. Was it ever like a conversation about your financial situation or was it just very much like mom and dad handled that? And we never really talked about it. When I say we didn't speak about money, it was mainly about like money management, like how mm-hmm. to properly save, how to invest. Like we didn't have those kinds of, uh, you know, like sophisticated conversations because my parents didn't have too much knowledge in that area. Two things is, is one, one, we, I definitely was aware, very aware of the lack of money for certain things. Yeah. Like we didn't have, you know, I didn't have cable growing up. I didn't have a microwave growing up. I didn't have a computer. Like those are all things that I just didn't have. And it's like, I was very well aware that we just couldn't afford it. You know, I didn't stress my parents out and try to, I never acted up and said like, oh, well, how about like, because I just knew I was a very mature kid. And, um, you know, I I grew up with my two older sisters. And so I was kind of spoiled in a sense, because my sisters are a lot older than me. My oldest sister is 13 years older than me. And the other one is seven years older than me. So when they got like their first jobs, they would buy me like clothes or sneakers or things like that. So, yeah. you know, I had in that sense, um, and it was really just because of my sisters. It wasn't really because my parents could right. too much. Right. Uh, what my parents said that their job was, was to put us in school. So the three of us went to Catholic school. Um, I was the only one that also went to a Catholic high school yeah. and to put food on the table and a roof over our heads. Right. So there was that expectation and I knew very much what it was. So I knew that I wasn't going to just get McDonald's when, you know, I comida in casa, like when there's food at home, I just knew not to ask for certain things. I just knew not to ask for, you know, toys or, or sneakers or things like that from my parents. Like I just knew, and I was disciplined enough to know not to ask for certain things. Um, But at the same time, you know, so yes, I was aware about the lack of money with certain respects, but my parents were extremely hard workers. So not only did, you know, like my dad have his full-time job, but my mom also had some side hustles. You know, she Mm -hmm. took care of some kids. She made, um, you know, like comidas preparadas, like ceviche, like, you know, things like that, that she would sell like food, basically, um, you know, for neighbors and things like that. And uh, my dad also had a side hustle as a photographer, you know, back before when like, we're talking about old school photography, you know, like, that's what my dad did. And so I just knew that they were really smart when it came to you know, being creative with how to bring in income. And I saw how they just, they sacrificed so, so much for, for me and for my sisters. Um, But something, I think the best money lesson that my parents taught me that for sure I credit to them is, you know, being very averse to debt. So Mm -hmm. I did not grow up in a household where we had credit card debt. Like debt was just not normal. My parents didn't understand how, like when they came to this country, credit was just being extended to people it was so it was so weird to them that furniture stores were eager to extend credit and 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 everything and credit was everywhere you know my parents were very much cash people if you can't afford it you cannot afford it that is it like there's no other option they weren't gonna you know we didn't buy a microwave because they could not afford it in cash and because the light bill would go up they were never like financing it was just never going to be an option. And so I think that the, yes, I was very much aware of the lack of money in my household, but I do fully credit 
my uh, mindset when it comes to debt to my parents. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like that, you know, there's a range, obviously, when immigrants first come to this country where they decide like, okay, somewhere in this range is where they're going to fall, like anti-borrowing or or they borrow everything. They have a house, they have a couple, it's it's all on debt. Or in the middle somewhere where they might have a little debt, but they try to pay it off and they try not to go overboard. Um, And I, for like, for me, I always experienced it where my parents, they just didn't even know how to do these things. Like my parents never had bank accounts. They never yeah. had debit cards, let alone credit cards. And I, I'm actually glad that they never, I, it's going to sound terrible to say this. So please don't take this the wrong way. You guys watching me and listening, <laughs> but I, I really am glad that they never figured it out because I worry yeah. that if they do figure it out, that they probably yeah. went down this rabbit hole of like borrowing, yeah. borrowing, borrowing. Yeah, so spiraling they probably, into debt. Yeah, they probably would have gotten into yeah. all this debt. And I remember like my dad would just buy us school supplies and clothes, just that what we needed. And that was it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whatever we don't need, don't even ask for it. So I, I, that, yeah. I can relate to that a lot. Um, okay. So then, you know, that mentality of like making sure that you don't owe anybody anything, but you graduated yeah. law school with $215,000. So, <laughs> oh, I don't know that. Yeah. It's like, uh, it doesn't give a lot more debt. Like not even a hundred thousand yeah. is usually when people say six figures, you got 200,000. Oh, yeah. So oh, what, I mean, yeah. Obviously, you use the strategy of zero-based budgeting because yeah, that's the entire name of the brand and platform. It but me. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, oh, zero-based budget. That's me. But um, but yeah. But obviously, for people listening who may who maybe have never yeah. heard of that term, tell us what it is, yeah. and then maybe besides that, what other strategies to combine with zero-based budgeting did you do to really make sure that you were going to hit that goal of paying all that debt off? Yeah. So zero-based budgeting is a budgeting method where you basically allocate a job for every dollar that you bring in. Okay. So as an example, let's say that you bring in from your job and your side hustle, you bring in $5,000. That means that those $5,000 need a job, right? So some of it is going to go to your savings. Some of it will go to your debt. Some of it will go to your expenses. So that at the end of the, of the, of the month, technically you have zero, right? Because you've zeroed it out. You've allocated your income two specific categories. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I went with that budgeting method is because I really needed to understand where my money was going. I needed to not just spend $200 at Sephora, which, you know, is what I was doing when I (laughs) I, like graduated from law school. I was like, Oh, yay, paycheck, like time to go to Sephora and like spend $200 on it when it's like ridiculous when you know, right now I have like absolutely no makeup on like I don't even wear makeup regularly. I don't know what the heck I was doing. But you know, the point is that you really want to be able to track your dollars. And so I found that as the really the optimal budgeting method Mm -hmm. um, that I was going to use. And so I did. So yeah, so that's that's really what um as far as the type of budgeting that I decided to do, that's what I decided to uh really focus on, zero-based budgeting. Hence my name. Um it is definitely the type of budgeting that I I preach to, you know, my clients, to my followers, um to my audience. Uh but then, you know, as far as like other strategies that I use, uh I use the debt I guess you can say the debt avalanche method. Um I did have some credit card debt when I graduated from law school, most of it was just debt that I accumulated in law school, Um, you know, for my living expenses, just random things. A lot of things probably weren't necessary to be very honest. Um, But it was just things that I had accumulated. Also, the gap between 
when I graduated law school and when I actually started my job, you know, I didn't have any income. It's not like my parents could help me. So I did remember, you know, I do remember putting down some things on that card, including my post bar exam trip, which was like $4,000, which, yes, that's, you know, that that was a huge expense because I was in Asia for like three weeks, you know, um, so yeah, so I mean, like those, so the debt avalanche method is basically when you start paying your debt from highest interest rate down to the lowest. So for me, that would, that would obviously be my credit card because yep. credit cards typically have, uh, you know, they carry a higher interest. So I paid off my credit card first and then I paid, you know, then I focused on the big challenge, which was my student loans. Um yeah, so that's a little bit about kind of like the methods that I used, you know, that's the debt payoff method that I used. And then, uh, you know, that's the the budgeting that I decided and to go with. I think too, like, well, I don't know, maybe it's just me. But whenever I talk to people about budgeting, I feel like they just see like somebody sitting in front of a spreadsheet, calculating their numbers out. And it's like the most dreadful thing they could imagine. Doing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's like and, a chore. Yeah, and I, I, I get it. But I feel like when I'm budgeting, like I try so hard to just make it something that I can enjoy that I look forward to doing. Yeah, you know, like I put my yeah. I put my comfortable clothes on, I have my glass of wine, I play a little like music, I get all my spreadsheets, I have my my, my uh, Google spreadsheet that I've been using now for my budget. And I go mm. through and like, I pull up my app yeah. in case I need to double check with, you know, any spending and I put it through, I yeah. go through and it's like, it's more like therapeutic for me now because I've been doing yeah. it for so long. And I, maybe it's just helpful for people to hear step by yeah. step. What does it feel like or sound like and look like when you sit down to do your budget for this month? So for me, it's really easy because I use that app. So the Every Dollar app is an app that's from uh, Dave Ramsey's company. And so, you know, he very much preaches the zero-based budget. And I discovered him, you know, a few years ago, back when I was on like kind of my journey, my financial freedom journey, and which obviously I'm still on, but definitely was more focused on debt and debt payoff. So I downloaded the app. It was free. I was like, why the heck not? You know, at first when I started using it, I hated it. I was like, I am so bad at this. Like, who in their right mind wants to do this? Um, But then I just started really sticking to it and kind of, you know, I do have a tutorial for how to use it on my Instagram, which I think I need to update because they've updated their app. So I definitely want to update that. But um, anyway, so what I do is it's so easy for me at the end of the month. I just kind of like copy paste my budget from the month before. Because my spending doesn't vary that much, much month to month. And so what I'll do is I'll look, I'll, I'll copy it right into the next month. Like the app has a feature that does that. But if you have a spreadsheet, you would just like control all, right? The entire spreadsheet and just paste, paste it, it on like to the new month. And what I do is ask certain questions, which is, you know, how is my budget changing this month? Am I expecting to get additional income? Okay, so maybe like during tax season, maybe you're expecting a tax refund. So that I would I would count that as additional income. But then that means that you need to give those dollars a job. You need to put those in a category. And so you go ahead and just make modifications to your budget. Or maybe your girlfriend has a birthday and you want to send her a gift, right? You know, now in the time of quarantine, we can't unfortunately just like go visit our friends. Maybe you want to send her a present and you want to spend, I don't know, $40, $50 on that. Put that in that. Right. You put it you put it in your budget, um, whether that's a spreadsheet or an app or even your notebook. Uh, But really what you do is you ask what is changing in this month and you just modify your budget accordingly. It honestly takes me like 10 minutes to do every month. It's so easy. Um, And now it's a habit. 
So it's now like second nature to me, yeah. you know, at first when you're doing it, it's probably going to take you some time to get used to, yes, but yes. Yeah, I, I love that the combination of two things is one is admitting that you hated it at first. There's, oh, I, yeah. I think like when people go online and they see financial influencers like us and they see like how we, feel, yeah. so they, they're like, oh, they, 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 they were born, you know, counting their dollars. Like they, oh, they, that's no. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, no, nah, yo, like we, we, everybody's not naturally inclined to be like no. that. Like you sort of it's develop. Like I did not like it at all. <laughs> right. And, or you either develop yourself into a person that kind of likes it, or you just force yourself to do it because you know it's what you have to do. Like yeah. when I was little, yeah. I hated to, I don't, this is going to sound weird, but I just hated to take a shower. I hated it when I was little. I don't know. My mom used to tell me, vete baña, vete baña. and yeah. I would be like, I don't, ma, oh, I just want to watch cartoons. Yeah. And I hated like taking off my clothes, getting all wet, having to dry myself. And yeah. so there were times where, mind you, I was little. Okay, guys, I was like four or five or six years old. My mom <laughs> found me in the, sh- in the bathroom with the door like locked. She came with a knife, opened the door with a little butter knife, like popped the, the little oh lock off. Oh my god! And I yeah. was in the I was in the shower, sprinkling water on my neck, and I pretend that I took a shower, and then go outside like, okay, mommy, I took oh a shower. Oh my gosh! I feel like that's a perfect analogy for a lot of people that they like they pseudo budget, like they sort yeah. of kind of budget. You just sprinkle a little water on your chest, tell somebody you took a shower. You're not yeah. actually yeah. budgeting. Budgeting means you are sitting down consistently. Yeah. And as annoying as it is, just like showering was for me as a kid, I knew I had to start showering. <laughs> Otherwise my bow is going to stay. And so, you know, hygiene, hello, important, necessary. <laughs> financial hygiene yeah. is a thing. Like if yeah. you don't take care of it and clean it up, it yeah. is going to get nasty. I feel like that's like the perfect analogy because you sat down and you did it every day until you got to yeah. the point where it was so second nature to you. Just like yeah, rushing exactly. into showering now. Like yeah. you just have to force yourself to do it until it becomes a habit. Um, yeah. But yeah, for those of you guys listening out there, if you're that person who's sprinkling water on your chest and pretending that you're budgeting, but you know you're not, like this is a good time to just learn that like yeah. or uh, hear this from us that it's not something you are going to inherently enjoy necessarily, but you just have to tell yourself, I need to do this. And so keep doing it. Don't stop until it becomes a habit. Habits take time to build. So it it does take time. And what I say is, look, it's, it's your financial future. You know, money affects every single thing that you do. Money affects where you woke up this morning. It affects what you ate. It affects where you're going to go on Monday. I mean, we're in quarantine. We're probably not going to go <laughs> anywhere, going but like, you know, we ain't going nowhere, but like it, it'll affect if you're, if you have the privilege of working from home, yeah. it affects like yes. where you logged into. Okay. Or money affects every single thing in our lives. So why not make it a regular part of our lives? Absolutely. Right. Like why not make the habit of building towards financial freedom? you know, towards becoming more financially responsible to our everyday lives. And it's like, you know, this is the thing that I tell my clients. If you have two minutes for Instagram, you have two minutes for financial future Hello. you. Hello. Yep. It, you do. Like if you have that time to dedicate to social media, to scrolling, why aren't you investing in yourself? Yes. You know, and so do it. Just take those two minutes because that's literally what it'll take. Like yep. if, if you're doing it every day, if you're yep. being consistent, just ask yourself, Couple okay, minutes. what did I spend money on? Yep. Plug it in quickly. And that's it. Yep. Done. You can do it. You, know, the, you can do it on the toilet. Like sitting down on the toilet. You can do it while 
while you are, you know, when you're eating. I used to do it when I was commuting. I don't commute anymore, but I still have to do it. Yep, on your commute while you're eating lunch. It could be like a lunch and money thing or lunch and budget. Like you just have to build it into your routine. And I love that you said that about Instagram because I noticed, and I was telling my niece this the other day, I was like, when you go on Instagram or when you go on Snapchat, Twitter, Google, wherever these big tech companies um, that have you, you have your accounts with them, what are they doing every time you scroll, click, like, double tap, all that? They're collecting data about how oh, yeah. you, your habits using that app. And, yeah. and they care so much about that data. That's everything to them. These companies, all they want is data. And yeah. you have That's to- That's how they make their money. You have to copy that. You have to want mm-hmm. data about how you spend your money. You have yes, to want exactly. that data That's, so yeah. bad. You got to want it more than Twitter, Facebook, Google, all of them combined. You have to want yeah. to know so bad. What am I spending money on? Where is my money going? How much mm-hmm. am I spending? That's what they want to know about you. They want to know what are you clicking on? Where is your eyeball looking when you're on the app? What, and how mm-hmm. much time are you spending on the app? These yeah. are the questions you have to ask yourself about your money habits because the data is everything. It's going to help you yeah. to make decisions about how you're going to change your habits, um, what you want to adjust, if you're okay with that. And, and then, you know, you at least have a better idea of where you're at and where you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So in addition to zero-based budgeting, what were some of, or maybe in combination with the actual budgeting strategy, mm-hmm. what were some of the major lifestyle things that you had to sacrifice in order to like really make sure you paid it off? So this is where a lot of what, like your early videos that I started tuning in, um, this is how it helped me a lot, which was dramatically decrease your expenses. Like look for creative ways. And I think that the first video I saw of yours was like how I live off of 50% of my income. That was years ago. That was like three years ago, I think, or something like that. And I remember logging into YouTube and I think I, I think I may have searched like money or like something super how do broad, I fix you know? my money? Like how do I get my money life together? And your video came up and it said something about like how I live off of 50% of my income. I was like, this is ridiculous. Like how can anybody ever do that? And I heard your video and it was like a two-part video. I remember so clearly. And I was just like, as soon as the first one was done, I was like, I need to watch the next one. <laughs> you know? And because you were so creative with how you were keeping your expenses low. And I think you you were like a, a New York City teacher, right? Yep. Or something like yep. that, right? And so over here, you're talking about how creative you're getting with certain expenses and um, specifically with your housing, your food, you know, personal care and everything like that. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I can do that. Like, I can do that. I can keep my expenses very low. So my biggest thing was, I learned that looking like a lawyer is not what I needed to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I didn't need to look like a lawyer. Yep. I needed to pay off my debt because I was yes. broke. Yes. <laughs> That's what I needed. So okay. really what it was for me was a mindset shift. Yep. Was how do I, how can I dramatically decrease my expenses where possible? Yep. The gap between my expenses and my income was what I put to my debt. Yes. So by decreasing my expenses, by keeping them as low as I could, I was able to throw that additional money to debt. Now, look, I understand that a lot of people will say, well, you know, I, I, I already can't afford, like I'm, I'm just, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. And, and look, I understand that, right? And there are many different life circumstances. But my challenge to you is go through your past three months, take out a highlighter, maybe different colored highlighters, highlight how much you spend on dining out on ubers 
on, you know, random shopping, spending, right? Really confront your numbers and then maybe revisit the conversation. Okay, because what I found is that a lot of people, they just don't know where their money goes. It's not like, I'm not trying to blame them. I mean, we're not robots, right? Like, that's okay. There's no way you would know unless you're tracking it. Unless you're tracking it, you don't know. So what I just say is, is, you know, just be very mindful of, of where your money is going. And so when I started doing that and really seeing, okay, this is where my money is actually going, I started realizing, you know what? I can keep my expenses low. Um, I remember at one point I was a little tempted to buy a car because I did have a car when I was in college. But then when I came back for to the city for law school, I just gave my car back to my dad because where the heck was I going to park my car? It's going to be more expensive to have a car. Like, yeah, like I'm not going to use my car. So, you know, when I graduated law school for a moment there, I was like, oh, maybe I can buy a car. And then I was like, for what? I don't to need look a like car. a lawyer. You know, for what? To look like a lawyer. Yeah, like what? Like That's dri- what? drive yep. a fancy car? Yep. Like to to wear to like Whole Foods maybe? <laughs> like you know, because I can't wear it to I can't I can't use it to go to work. Like I, I use the train, right? So, you know, thankfully I have the privilege of living in a city that has a huge, you know, commuter system. And yeah. so I just didn't need it. So that's just a perfect example. Another example is, you know, my, my housing costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I was tempted by is living in a, a really fancy apartment, you yeah. know, in Midtown where I could possibly be paying like three, $4,000 of rent. Um, you could I knew that I would to, you could be close to work. It would be nice. To I could be close to work. I could just walk, you know, and then I was like, I don't really need that. You know, I, I don't really need that. I can just keep my rent costs really low. Yes. Um, you know, I share the rent costs with my partner. And so we keep it pretty low as it is. Our apartment is pretty inexpensive uh, for what it is. Yeah. I, I do want to say that's relative. It's for what it is. Yeah. And so because we both put in, you know, I'm able to keep that expense really low too so you know and your circumstances are going to differ you're probably like well Cindy I don't have a partner you know well maybe you need roommates then right maybe I had two I didn't even have one roommate I had two roommates it was three of us in an apartment and I know plenty of people that have that they lived with five or six people to save money and it sounds annoying but it's one of those sacrifices that you might have to consider it's a temporary sacrifice yeah exactly that's what I say it's a temporary sacrifice like yeah, you know, those couple years that you're doing it, probably you're not going to be thrilled, right? But I mean, do it. And when it's done, it's done. Yes. And then, yes. I love you know? that. Yeah. I love that. Well, that, I mean, hopefully that alone right there, just that little, um, <laughs> that little sacrifice spiel from Cindy, like it, it just gives you some ideas because I do think it's very important to understand that even if you don't have a lot of income coming in, I bet you there's one or two things that you can, you know, check yourself on and see that, okay, this is a place where I need to make a change. You know, like, I mean, when I was growing up, my dad was always complaining, no hay dinero, no hay dinero, no hay dinero. There's never enough money. But mind you, every time we went to the bodega after church on Sunday, we would see him playing lottery tickets, buying lottery tickets. Even if it was only five bucks or $3 or $2 or or whatever, the dollar scratch offs, he was always doing it though. And and when I, even now as an adult, I talk to my dad about this. I tell him all those dollars, papi, that you spend in the loteria, if you add them up over the course of my childhood, my my adult life, even now, mm-hmm. I know he'd probably be buying lottery tickets behind my back. <laughs> add all the money up and let's see how much money you would have in an yeah. account. And he it, it makes him a little bit mad. He, he, he Now he kind of like rolls his eyes and laughs me off. But yeah. I think it's because he knows it's true. That's one yeah. of the things yeah. that he would 
have changed, but yeah. he, he never got serious about stopping the yeah. habit. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So major lifestyle changes, sometimes they mean temporary <laughs> sacrifices. I love yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. So Cindy, how has your life changed since you paid off the $215,000? Okay. I know. I know. Ooh. It's crazy. It's, it's really, it's surreal. It is, you know, for four years, very consistently, I was making massive payments to my debt. And so to finally to not have that feels great because, um, you know, people say like, oh, what are you doing with your money now? Yeah. It's like, honestly, I'm really boring. I'm just like saving and investing it. I'm not really, right. I didn't really like inflate my lifestyle at all. And I think it, it is, it goes back to the conversation we were having about habits because I built those habits. I know that I don't need certain things yes. and I'm okay with it. Like I really am. It's not like I'm even a little tempted by it. It's like, no, I'm actually quite happy. Yeah. Um, because really, you know, things don't make me happy at all. Uh, I, I'm one of those people. I personally don't even like getting gifts, like physical gifts at all. I just, it doesn't interest me. It's clutter in my home. Um, but what I do like is experiences. Yeah. So what I did, did decide to do is increase, uh, you know, like my travel budget mm -hmm. and did increase that, you know, where obviously I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I was about to say, girl, soon. that coronavirus budget is saying no to those so, travel dollars. You know, that's, that's the thing. It's like, I can't really go anywhere. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you, you develop a certain mindset, I think, when you go through a journey like that, That's right. that is for the better, right? right? So I don't regret my debt at all. People will ask like, oh, do you regret? No, not at all, because I'm an attorney, right? right. I'm, I have a great job that I'm really, really thankful for. I'm happy in the career field that I have. Mm -hmm. And it it's expensive. You know, my parents were never going to be able to pay for law school and I will never blame them for that because my parents sacrificed everything. Of course. Yeah. My parents sacrificed everything for me growing up. I just knew that if I needed, if I wanted to go to law school, I would have to take on that much amount, that, that amount of debt. Now, if you want to go to critiques on how expensive the education system is, that's for another chat, but, um, That's you know, right. exactly. But you know, I, it is I took it out. It I, yeah. And I had to do what I had to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as how my life changed, it's, you know, it's, it's not too different just because most of that money, like I was saying that I was putting to my debt, it's just going to go to my financial yeah. goals. Um, I have been able to increase my giving, you know, category more. Uh, generosity is extremely important to me, you know, to give to people that maybe not, might not be as privileged as I am. And I do think that's a really important thing to do and to incorporate in your budget if you can, even if it's a small amount. So I've been able to increase that too, which has been amazing. Uh, but yeah, honestly, I'm pretty simple. Like, it's not like I just go and spend all this money now I, I don't yeah. that's right you know, that's yeah. right but I mean you know obviously one thing that has changed for Cindy is um you know she's gotten a lot of media attention which is amazing right getting oh, a lot yeah, like <laughs> getting into you know a lot of um these, these articles getting on good morning yeah. America like people need to see this story people need to know yeah. that a it's possible and b it's possible for people even who are told that it's not possible for them like yeah. Latinas whose parents are immigrants whose parents didn't have enough money to pay for them to go to law school and who are probably thinking I'm not going to be able to go to law school I'm just going to go to my you know this school that is not expensive and just settle for something else if that yeah. is your passion but I think the big thing here and the big like the big asterisk the big if is if and only if you are serious about completing that 
go, like completing that. Yeah. Because if yeah. Cindy had dropped mm-hmm. out of law school, guess what? She still would owe two hundred fifteen thousand. Yeah, dollars. that would not be good. That would be a really, really bad financial. Hello. Business. So I, I think there are some yeah. people that they put themselves on that path and they regret it because they don't finish. So I think if you're mm-hmm. going to take on that much debt and you're going to be, you have to make sure that it's if and only if you are committed to seeing it through to the yeah. end. And that is what Cindy did. She saw it through to the end. She used her high income as a lawyer to smash that debt. And now she's building up the wealth, which I think just is it's a totally a logical next step. Like when I paid off my $20,000 credit card, everybody's like, oh, so now you have debt. Now you can go do all the stuff that you were not doing before. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, uh, excuse me. No, no. Yeah. Now I'm going to keep doing the same things I was doing. Yeah, Instead exactly. of giving $20,000 to the credit card companies, I'm going to give $20,000 to myself. Yeah, it's going to me. It's going to me. That That's the cool thing. That's the cool thing is that when you become debt free, it's now all going to you. You're not paying the banks anymore. Exactly. So it goes to you and it goes to your net worth. So yes. now it's like, you know, I get my paychecks now before it was like, I got my paychecks. I sent it to everything my, went out in, to my out. lender, you oh. know, it was in and it was out and now it's in. And then it goes into either my investment accounts or it goes to my savings accounts. And so my net worth gets to build that much more, uh, mm. you know, and yeah, it, it, it's, it's a good thing. And I think it's something that, you know, women, but especially women of color really need to see that yes this is possible yeah. our stories will all be different right Absolutely. our stories will of course be different but the commonality i think will be a decision to want to be better with your money absolutely absolutely yeah. it is literally that it's just a choice it's that one day i made a choice and i said that's it I'm not gonna be like this anymore i'm gonna yeah i'm just gonna start budgeting i'm gonna be tracking every dollar i'm gonna make sure that i know exactly how much i spent on this 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 and that like if I'm yeah. walking down the street and somebody asks me how much did you spend on groceries last month, I would say I spent. Oh yeah, it's like, I got you. Let me tell you right now. Oh, I spent yeah. 183 dollars and 72 cents. I yeah, and that eventually brought me joy. At first, it definitely annoyed me, but eventually, it did bring me joy. So I, I totally, you know, so much of what you said, I relate to. I feel like we have we're like the same person. Like I also, once I paid off my debt, kept living a simple lifestyle to build up my yeah. wealth. I mean, so many things that we have in common. So thank you. Just thank you so much for taking the time to talk to of me and course. share your story on here. Your story is amazing. And I can't wait yeah. for people to hear it. I'm I know it's going to inspire them. Um, okay. So my, the last question that I have is if you could change, well, not if you could, I'm going to actually change a dollar bill on Photoshop to have your face on it instead of George Washington. <laughs> And over the face, I'm going to have whatever money mantra or money message um, that you want everybody to see mm-hmm. every time you come across mm-hmm. money. What would your money message be? I think mine would be keep your why in mind. Mm. Keep the reason because, why you started this whole thing in mind. Yeah. Yes. Like, why are you doing all this? Like, why are you listening to this podcast right now? Why are you watching this video? Why did you decide to Google how do I get out of debt? It's not just because you wanted to pay off the debt. There has to be a bigger reason. There's a why. And I think that if you put it on a dollar where you see where that dollar is going, is that dollar going to further the improvement of your why? Whatever that may be. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's, um, you know, anything really. Your community. Getting a house. Uh, maybe, it's even, maybe it's even you. Yeah. You yeah. know, you want to buy a house. Cool. Good. You know, is that dollar getting you closer mm. to, mm. to the house? You pr- girl, I'm you know? church. She's preaching right now. Yes. Is that dollar getting you closer? Oh, I love that. Keep your why in mind. Yes. Is it getting, is this dollar getting cl- you closer to your goals? Yes. Whatever that looks like. Okay. Now you may say, oh, well, Cindy, but you know, I have to, 
buy groceries. Well, yeah, we got to eat. We need to live, right? Good. And I'm not saying it to, I'm not saying it so that you feel guilty about your spending. And no, not at all. But just make sure that the decisions that you're actually making when it comes to your money is in furtherance of the bigger goal. So yeah, that's probably what I would have. I love that. I'm definitely going to add yeah. it and, uh, and I'm going to share that. Every single show that we've done so far is going to have another dollar bill to come out with it too. So you guys can see all these amazing money mantras um, from these brilliant, so far only women, but eventually I'm going to open it up to everybody. But you know, Everyone. so far just <laughs> yes, because I think yeah. it's, just, it's just amazing for us to see what we usually don't see in the personal finance space, which is women who yeah. are very confident mm-hmm. and very knowledgeable. Yeah. To, uh, to share what they know, their wisdom and everything. So thank you for being one of those women. And um, of course, thank you. Thank you for, trust me. Like I, that's why every time I'm like, nah, I need to credit Janelle because she, she, she told me what I needed to do. Like yeah. at first I was like, how do I do the money things? Right. <laughs> you and, like, and you don't know. And so, I mean, I didn't know either. And so I started looking online. I started finding other yeah. thrift like I found one of the very first channels I ever saw on YouTube, which I don't talk about much, but they, I really do owe it to them because they inspired me to start mine was Mike and yeah. Lauren. Mike and Lauren okay. are like this little couple from Florida. They got married when they were super young and they're very frugal. And now yeah. they like retired as millionaires. They own property. They wow. had a baby. And they, that's amazing. They, like their little simplicity. Like there was one video that I thought like, honestly, and, and maybe it's Latino culture. We get very judgy about things like this. Yeah. But I saw a video of Lauren posting that this is how she cleans her stove. She takes uh-huh. a lemon, she cuts it in half, and she squeezes the juice and uses the that lemon as a sponge. Like that's how she cleans uh, her clothes. Okay. And I was okay. Like, oh gosh, she she don't even buy Clorox wipes. Like oh my god. Like but but you know <gasps> yeah. it was that idea that stuff. Yeah. Was you have yeah. to do creative things that maybe other people think you crazy, but it's yeah. going to save you money, and that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, as long as it's fitting to your lifestyle and what you want to do and it allows you to be creative and resourceful, then yeah, go for it. I'm sure there are plenty of things that I did during my journey that people disagreed with, but guess what? I don't care. I'm debt free now. That's right. You can't say nothing. <laughs> can't say nothing to Cindy. Nobody can. <laughs> I'm like, well. You know, oh gosh! Yeah. All right. Well, love. If anybody um, listening or watching today uh, was so inspired by your story and they want to reach out to you or they want to find you, where mm-hmm. can they contact you? Where can they find you? So I'm uh, most active on my Instagram account. So that's <laughs> at zero based budget, no spaces or dashes or anything, just zero based budget. And um, you can also email me info at zero dash based budget.com. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love connecting with people. I try to keep things very casual, I'm a pretty casual person. And yeah, it's, I mean, this has been great. <laughs> I've had a good time. Oh, I'm glad. You guys can tell she's definitely not lying. She's super casual. She's very chill, easy to talk to. I actually met Cindy in person at FinCon and it was one of the first times we like actually yeah. met Matt because we were on yeah. We saw each other in person. It was just like, yeah. I just felt like we were already homegirls, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Like, oh, that was so much fun I know. too. That was, was so a lot of fun. We all together in the same place. Yeah. I miss people. I know. Oh, <laughs> I miss uh, like social interactions. So true. I love my boyfriend, but it's nice so. to see other people sometimes too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, here's yeah. the whole that you know this doesn't take too long and we can get together again real soon yeah we'll we'll get through it quickly yeah i'm sure (laughs) all right thank you love have a great rest of your weekend you too take care 